Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. What a fun day at Sports Business Journal's Charlotte office as we hosted the Charlotte Sports Fellows on Wednesday. We talked about sports business, professional journeys, and leadership. These young men and women had great questions and shared some of their experiences in working for a number of leading sports organizations here in Charlotte over the summer. It's a program that SBJ is very proud to be a part of. Also, Title IX turns 50 today. We have extensive coverage on the history of this landmark legislation, why it matters, and the future of Title IX, all on sportsbusinessjournal.com. And this is your morning buzzcast for Thursday, June 23rd. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcor. What a busy day in sports business. We're just seeing so many critical issues in the news with each day. First, Sports Business Journal's Terry Lefton reported that Major League Baseball and its teams are now free to sell CBD sponsorships. That will likely open a very lucrative category in pro sports. League officials from baseball told their teams this week that CBDs are an approved category with proper certification to not have psychoactive levels of THC. So why is this important? Well, up until now, only the UFC has sold this category, as all of the other major North American sports leagues prohibited CBD sponsorships, largely due to the um, stigma associated with cannabis, or i.e. marijuana. But Major League Baseball is seeing how mainstream CBD is becoming and realizes it could be a real moneymaker. It's unknown what MLB teams or the league could get for a CBD deal, but baseball feels the category is mature enough where they're comfortable going forward with it. And this comes as baseball is opening up jersey patch sponsorships for next season and CBD companies will now be among those allowed to strike such sponsorship jersey deals. And while other leagues have been very reluctant to open up this category, they will all be watching baseball. And if baseball is successful in selling CBDs, they will all get in the game and open up the category for its teams. And so that's why this is important. Let's move on. PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan met the media yesterday, and he gave a very strong, passionate defense of the PGA Tour as it faces its greatest challenge from Live Golf. If you didn't watch it, go back and view his opening statement. Monahan was forceful, and you could tell how this issue impacts him. His gritty response showed his South Boston upbringing, and you could tell that he sees this as a fight for survival. That's exactly one of the text messages I received from a source who texted, quote, Jay is punching back, end quote. Monaghan took shots at the amount of money supporting Live Golf. He said the PGA Tour can't keep up with a financial arms race. So he instead talked about the competitive nature of being on the PGA Tour where players have to beat the best week in and week out. He then announced the tour's plans to add money and significance to major events in 2023, creating a new tier of high-end tournaments 
for the top players. He said this effort was in the works, but acknowledged that the moves were obviously accelerated by the current environment. But not all observers were positive about Monaghan's actions yesterday. He got criticism for the PGA's refusal to take Live Golf seriously and for not thinking bold enough in its approach. We will see now how the players respond. And there are still so many questions. You have to see how the DP World Tour responds to all of this. We have to see if more players begin to leave for Live Golf. And we really have to see how next week event goes in Oregon for Live Golf. But that's just one stop on a number of stops. So there are still so many questions that we have to keep an eye on. How will the DP World Tour respond? Will more players leave for Live Golf? And let's see how next week event goes in Oregon for Live Golf. But Jay Monahan met the media yesterday and laid out his plan for the future. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell took questions for two and a half hours on Wednesday before a House committee about the workplace culture at the Washington Commanders under Dan Snyder, as well as the league's investigation into the situation. Goodell testified remotely from New York. He acknowledged that he had not seen a culture anywhere near as bad as Washington's during his four decades in the NFL. But Goodell refused to release the findings of a league investigation, saying the league had promised confidentiality to those employees who described episodes of sexual harassment and the workplace culture. Goodell also praised the organization's change in the wake of the allegations and said that he alone does not have the authority to replace Dan Snyder as owner of the team. So where do we go from here? Well, this is not over. The House committee intends to subpoena Dan Snyder to appear next week. All this comes as the Washington Post reported that Snyder and his legal team conducted what was called a shadow investigation and prepared files and documents targeting former team employees, uh, their attorneys, uh, journalists, in an attempt to discredit Snyder's accusers. So it's clear if this was the case that Dan Snyder is prepared to play serious hardball here. And that has to figure into the NFL's thinking about how to approach this, meaning this is a very delicate issue for the NFL and fellow team owners about how to approach Snyder and have a full understanding of the ramifications if they go aggressively to try to remove Dan Snyder from ownership. Let's move on to some team news. Fanatic CEO Michael Rubin is selling his 10% stake in Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment. That's the company that owns the 76ers and the Devils. Now, our John Aran reported that Rubin is expected to reap as much as $300 million from the sale based on the team's current valuation. Now, Rubin is a lifelong 76er fan. He's really would be involved in conflict of interest in building fanatics into a business across all sports that's getting into trading cards, collectibles, sports betting, gaming, sports media. You really can't be in all those businesses and be an NBA and NHL sports team owner and not have conflicts. He recognized that. That's why he's getting out. Now, Ruben is part of Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment. They bought the 76ers in 2011. A couple years later, they bought the Devils. If you do the math, pedestrian math, he probably paid roughly $65 million or so for his 10% stake in Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment. And now he could walk away with as much as $300 million. Not a bad investment for Michael Rubin as he sells his 10% stake in Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment.
You know, I spoke to an MBA's team leadership group recently, and one of the discussion points was the growth in sports betting as a category for sports teams. We talked earlier in the Buzzcast on CBD sponsorships. Well, sports betting, there continues to be real growth there. And I believe the growth is in markets where teams build out a retail sports book as part of their venue. And the latest example of that is Caesars Sportsbook opening a betting retail site in downtown Phoenix. It's a two-story venue that has now become the largest retail sports book to open in partnership with a major sports stadium. So fans can walk into Chase Field with the D-backs and bet in any of the nine betting windows or 13 kiosks for self-betting and self-service. They can order food from a Guy Fieri restaurant. This sports book will be open 365 days a year and they are going to market it around the biggest sports event it has capacity for 425 people and it will attract more people to chase field to diamondbacks games to downtown phoenix and this is where the future is all about because the teams can generate significant revenue through this type of development so we've seen this in washington dc with monumental sports. We're seeing it now in Phoenix with the Diamondbacks, and we'll see it in other sports organizations as retail sports books attached to sports venues become a very, very lucrative revenue driver for teams. Let's move on to a fun item. The New England Patriots, I know you either love them or hate them, will bring back the team's historic Pat Patriot uniform and helmet for select games during next season. That means you will see the team's throwback red, white, and blue jerseys and white helmet with the Pat Patriot logo Back on the field, hearkening from the days of uh, Steve Grogan in the 1970s and 80s, the Patriots wore the uniforms as an alternative jersey sometime between 1994 and 2012. But because of league rules, the team hasn't worn them for a decade. But the league updated its policies. They now approved the addition of a second helmet to be uh, worn by teams. So Pat Patriot and the Patriots throwback uniforms back on the field in 2023. And finally, some condolences to Marcus Smith, the Smith family, uh, the staff at Speedway Motorsports, as Bruton Smith, a truly underrated sports executive that was a driving force in the growth of NASCAR and motorsports, died yesterday at the age of 95. A total success story. Boots up. Growing up in North Carolina during the Depression and ended up owning one of the most uh, influential and important companies in motorsports as founder of Speedway Motorsports. You know, Bruton Smith broke ground on Charlotte Motor Speedway in 1959. He was adamant that NASCAR have a place on the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. He wanted a race there. He built Charlotte Motor Speedway just for that. Speedway Motorsports is still a family-owned company. It's now run by his son, Marcus Smith. It owns 11 tracks, has tracks in Charlotte, uh, Atlanta, Las Vegas, other major markets, and those tracks host a number of NASCAR Cup Series events. Bruton Smith was inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame in 2016. To me, what strikes me about Bruton Smith, he was a risk taker. Uh, He was an innovator. He was a tough negotiator and he was a promoter at heart. He had big ideas, uh, innovative ideas. If I recall correctly, he began his career in motorsports as a promoter of short track races in North Carolina. And he always thought that way in terms of making the event big for the fans and special for the fans. He really was a titan 
of the sports business, especially in motorsports, there is no question. Bruton Smith, the underrated sports executive, that was a driving force in the growth of motorsports, dead at 95. So that is your morning buzzcast. It is Thursday, June 23rd. I'm Abe Madcor. Stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.